Hello. Well, let me tell you something. When I went off to Western Michigan for college, my mom's dearest, deepest wish was that I rush her sorority, Sigma Kappa. Can I help you, help you, help you? I wasn't wild about this idea since I'd always bought into the stereotypes about girls and sororities. In my mind, these women were paying for friends, hanging out with a bunch of girls who looked alike, acted alike, and essentially shared a big group identity. This was the last thing I wanted to do. Not that I felt super confident in my own identity, mind you, but I knew that joining a campus-based hive mind wasn't for me. This seemed to baffle my mom because, at least on the outside, I looked just like the stereotypical version of a sorority girl, blonde and preppy. But on the inside, I was anything but. Going through... Going through my experience with breast cancer, including all the nonsense of surgery, chemo, and then radiation, I've met a wide variety of women, all of whom have held me up and shaped me during my journey. Because of this, I finally realized the power of having a group of women support, understand, and love you. If I didn't find a sorority, I certainly found a sisterhood. The women that have gone down this path before me have given me so much of their time and support. I probably could do an entire podcast series on all the amazing warrior women that have been there for me. But today, I want to tell you about just a few. There are several women from high school who I ended up connecting with, who unfortunately went through the same situation. What's crazy is that I had not spoken to any of them for decades. On Facebook, I noticed that one of them was posting photos and that her hair went from long to very short. And I wondered to myself if she was going through this too. I took a risk and messaged her and she immediately responded. I wasn't necessarily close with them before I got my diagnosis, but I found that once you enter this so-called cancer club, There's an immediate closeness that you feel with other women who are experiencing it. Even though I never saw them in person, I could always feel their arms around me. They took the time to talk with me about their experiences. They told me which challenges they had with chemo and described what made the process smoother, if that's even possible. And then there are the women here in New York, like Donna. I've never seen her in person but she went to the same hospital as me, Sloan Kettering. She's from Staten Island and has a thick, marvelous accent. She tells it like it is and as always ends our call by saying, Tina, you call me any time of the day or night. If I don't pick up, I'll call you back. You got this. She's one of those people that can truly just live in the moment. I think she's eight years out, maybe nine years out of treatment. And like me, she thought she was just getting surgery and then hormonal therapy. But everything suddenly changed when they found that one of her lymph nodes was cancerous. Hearing her, I felt as though she was telling my exact story. Donna's a mother and a grandmother too. And at one point in our developing friendship, she insisted on speaking with my mother. She told me, as a mother, I know your mother is terrified for her daughter. I can tell her, you will be okay. 
you are at the best place to get treatment. And she was right. When my mom got off a call with her, I could sense that a huge weight had been lifted from her shoulders. To find a person who goes above and beyond like that, it just gives me faith in humanity. So thanks, Donna. Another amazing woman, Melissa, went through breast cancer not once, but twice. She was so moved by her experience that she's created an app called In Kind Space, which creates a virtual place for patients and their caregivers to get support. Melissa told me that during her chemo process, there were so many things she wished she had known before it started, like, like the fact that you, you can't eat grapefruit during chemo, and no one had ever mentioned that to her, and she ended up eating it before breakfast on her first day. Having an app where women can trade stories and talk about things like this can be incredibly useful and even life-saving. Her daughter and my son go to school together, so we've known each other for a while. And while we were not close before, this experience has changed that dynamic. When I was diagnosed, I immediately emailed her and got a call back sharing everything from recommending an oncologist to meet with, to questions to ask the doctors, to suggestions about what to do for my anxiety, Ativan is good. Throughout this journey, Melissa checks in with me and my husband, and I am, I'm so grateful. Next is Tanya. We met through a mutual friend while both of us were being treated at Sloan. Tanya's a few months ahead of me. She's a midwife, a nurse, and she is uber smart. She has some serious Mother Earth energy, which makes me feel safe around her. On more than one occasion, I've called her freaking out that I'm terrified I'm going to die because my cancer might come back. Every time, she intelligently and softly refers to studies that support the likelihood of the cancer coming back as relatively low. And truth be told, none of us knows exactly when we'll check out anyways. And as a cancer patient, there's no 100% guarantee that it will never return. However, Tanya's softness, smartness, and, and pragmatism always eases my mind. When she strongly encouraged me to attend the support group at Sloan, I had to shift my thinking. I was convinced that it was going to be a complete sob fest. But I put my hesitations aside and did it. I'm so glad I did. It was there that I met other women who were either a little further ahead of me or just diagnosed with breast cancer. It was there that I finally got a sense of what was around the bend, and it was there that I felt hope. And, of course, there's Denise. Like my friend Melissa, Denise also has a public platform. She's the co-creator of the Moms Network, and she's very open on social media about her path through breast cancer and to the other side. When you see her posts, you can feel her commitment to this cause, as well as her heart to help. The conversations we've had where she's offered tips and tricks to make things easier have just been incredibly helpful. Some of the people who've guided me along my cancer journey are women I've never met at all. I only know them from Instagram and Facebook. Since my journey has been about searching for strength, grace, and trust, I type those words or some variation of it 
and breast cancer into Google, because Google is God, and stumbled upon a blog called Grace and Ease. That's how I met Travis, who I discovered very early on. I quickly wrote her and thanking her for her story, her journey, and sharing, and she wrote me back. We've since stayed in touch. I really can't say enough about how useful it is just to hold email or message people like this. It might feel strange at first, but when something like this happens to you, all you want to hear is that someone else is going through it too, and it helps even more if they have all the same nagging questions constantly running through their mind. Another amazing woman I met online is Anna. She's the creator of My Cancer Chic, a blogger, mother, and a breast cancer survivor. I could not believe how open she was in the online space about her entire journey. Back when I was first diagnosed, I emailed her what I felt like was the silliest question ever about her eyelashes. They looked amazing, and I wanted to know if they were real or fake. Well, she emailed me back, assuring me that she didn't lose them during treatment. We stay connected on Instagram since then, and it's been so inspiring to see her advocate for survivors, advocate for cancer research, and more. And she still responds to my emails and DMs. I'm amazed that someone so busy who doesn't know me would take the time to reply and with such genuine kindness. Then there's Jenny and Gabby, who I met early on in a Facebook moms group. I privately messaged both women asking for tips and tricks to help me survive what I perceived as my dark night of the soul. Both women not only shared ideas to make chemo more manageable, like sucking on pinwheel mints during the C portion of the AC to mitigate the metallic taste in the mouth, and both of them checked in throughout treatment to see how I was doing. As I was meeting all of these powerful women during this process, I also was rereading a book called The Red Tent by Anita Diamant. While I'm not that familiar with the Bible, this book has been very meaningful for me. It's the story of Jacob's daughter, Dina, from the Old Testament, whose voice was basically silenced. In the novel, Dina narrates the story of life. The red tent from the book's title is where the women of the community spent their menstrual period and their childbirth labors, as well as a month or two after giving birth. They spent their time in the tent bonding with the other women, supporting each other and celebrating the power of their bodies. Right before I started treatment, I started rereading the book. I knew I wanted my own version of a red tent. Funny how things fall into place when you have a clear intention. Every person that went with me to treatment was a woman. Because of this, I learned that the universe was giving me exactly what I needed to stay strong throughout this process. My very own red tent. I'm Tina Zaremba. I'm searching for strength, grace, and trust. You've been listening to Chemo Stories.